Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And we finally made it to the year 2001. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. With none other than Xenon the Sequel. So, most of the cast of this movie is the exact same as the first one, so I did not write much because we already went through it, except that Nebula was replaced with our girl, Shadia Simmons seen many times, love her, and that is because Raven was filming Dr. Doolittle too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and in the beginning, like, we'll get to this, but they do a, like, they do this thing where they don't show her face right away, so you yeah. remember who she is, but then you don't, like, connect that it's not Raven anymore, because Raven wasn't Raven on Disney Channel yet, so. Yeah, what did, that's where Raven start, like, 2003, 2004, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, she wasn't there yet, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have an appearance from someone we saw before, Thomas M. Wright, who played Cutter in Stepsister from Planet Weird. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned that in Stepsister from Planet Weird. Yeah, he plays Orion. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has to be space-themed. Ooh. Do you have anyone else? Uh, no. Kristen Storm still is in, um, Seventh Heaven, so we got <laughs> still that. Still was in. <laughs> still was in. Okay, so this movie stars a little bit different. Um, so we open on just space, and then Xenon's, I learned later in the movie that it's called Zap Pad. Yeah. I did not, I, I don't forgot know. what it was called again. I, yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that last time, but I'm her, sure we did. Her little, like, basically, like, her phone. Yeah, but it's just, like, a little screen. It's, like, a video calling. It looks like a video now. <laughs> yeah, well, not really. A little less <laughs> It's punchy. more of a screen. Anyway, yeah. it shows up, it, like... CGI's up to the screen, and then it starts out like Star Wars, basically, where it's yeah. like... Star Wars vibes. I was yeah, like, like, I did not we... understand that as a kid, because I had never <laughs> seen Star Wars, And so. I was like, where we laugh, when we laugh, oh my god, when we last left Xenon, uh, one year ago, she was everyone's hero and everyone loved her, but, um, it's been one year, and it says she can go anywhere, do anything in her space day, and is a trusted member of the crew. However, Xenon is also 15, and everything in her stellarious life is about to change forever. Dot, dot, dot. I don't know what that has to do with being 15. <laughs> well, I think they're just like, she's only a teenager. She's got a lot of life ahead of her. Okay, so then that goes away, like all Star Wars movies do, and we see Xenon and Nebula walking through the hallway of the space day, um, and Nebula's like, I think we're gonna get in trouble for this Xenon. We're gonna get in trouble. We only see their backs. It's a a very, it's a good shot. (laughs) As we follow them through the space day. Yeah, and so Xenon is talking about, we're not gonna get in trouble, like, I am untouchable ever since I (laughs) saved the entire space station last movie. Yeah, Xenon's got, like, a real big head in the beginning. Well, yeah, and she's like... But I mean, like, she's not wrong. Everyone, like, literally treats her like she's in charge. So what Elizabeth said about, like, reading that thing, I thought that that was, like, something Xenon had written herself and, like, it wasn't true, but, like, no, she literally did have access to the entire show just because she saved it. Yeah, Again, she they, is only 15. Yeah, they run into Commander Plank, and Nebula's nervous because, like, she thinks that they're gonna get in trouble, but mm-hmm. he just, like, lets them go, and then they go into... Xenon has a pass to all the restricted zones. Yeah, they're going to a class 4 res- restricted zone. Yeah, that she, like, was not let in in the, in the last movie. Mm-hmm. And they enter... So they enter in, and Xenon is, like... Yeah, I just, like, came in here the other day and just started, like, playing around with the equipment. I don't know what it means, but I, like, made up this game that we can play on the monitor. Yeah. 
And so they, it's basically like one of those brick games where you like have to keep the balls inside of like a space, but you have to move the bricks back it's and forth. It's two players where like one of you is one brick and one of you is yeah. the other. It's like a ping pong thing. Yeah, so they're like playing this game and as they're playing, we see in another like sector that there are these doors opening and like stuff is floating around because their doors are opening to like anti-gravity of space. Yeah, so the bricks are actually the doors in Commander Plank's office to space. Yeah. And so they're, like, opening and closing them, so all of his stuff is, like, floating around and, like, running out, but they don't understand that that's happening. All the little dots they get are very, actual, all the dots are objects in yeah. his office. They get very excited about this game. And they get very bad at it. They're just, like, yeah. laughing, like, having some jokes and pranks. It's, they're having a great time. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to Commander Plank. He's in the hallway, and he's talking about this crew. He's talking to this crew member. The crew member is worried. We don't know about what yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Commander Plank is like, oh, there's no threat yet. But then the crew member looks behind Plank throughout a window, and he sees all these things floating in space. And they realize that it's, like, all of Plank's stuff. So Plank and the crew member, like, go into Plank's office, and they almost get blown into space, even though I'm pretty sure... If, like, the door was open to space and they walked in, they would, like, immediately die. Well, they're holding on to, like, the door. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't just, you, that's why you don't open a window in your rocket ship. Like, it, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would die. Probably. But either way, they're, like, holding on to the wall so they don't get, like, sucked out into space. Mm-hmm. Even though space is, like, kind of already in the room already. Yeah, and so as he's holding on for dear life, he screams, Xenon! Because he knows. He knows it's her. Um, Xenon gets off her zap pad. Yeah, um, Nebula and Xenon are both in Xenon's room. She's FaceTiming Greg. And well, she- yeah, so, well, we don't know what she's doing, but she says, no, okay, I understand. And so she then says, she, like... have a nice life. <laughs> yeah, so then she, like, turns to Nebula, and she's like, I just got dumped! And she's like, I wasn't, like, stupid enough to think that me and Greg were gonna last forever, but I didn't expect to be the one to get dumped. Yeah, and then and she's like, Margie probably did it. We remember Margie from the last movie. Yeah, and so Nebula is like, hey, like, that's hard. Long distance is hard. Maybe don't blame it on some random girl. Yeah, this is where we also, we saw um, a picture of Commander Plank and Aunt Judy in his office, Mm -hmm. and this is where we learned that they've been keeping up a long distance relationship with him in space and her on Earth. Yeah. Um, So, Commander Plank uh, zaps Xenon's zap pad, and he says that he's going to revoke her restricted zone roaming pass. And she has another uh, punishment, but that is to discuss in person. Mm -hmm. So she goes and meets with Commander Plank, and he tells her that she's going to have to work in the alien patrol lab to make up, like, what he's what she's lost, the space station or whatever. So she gets to the alien control lab. She's not happy about this. And she meets Orion. And he has apparently worked there for five years with no signals from aliens at all. He acts entirely crazy like he's never left that room when we first meet him. I'm pretty sure, well, because he says, like, your pal, Orion. So I'm pretty sure that means they're, like, the same age. That means he started working there when he was 10. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? Does he at least get paid? This is child labor. I don't I don't know. Is it a job? I mean, child labor laws are different in space. Okay, I was... Are they? I was well, I was thinking about this, but we'll get to this later in the movie. Okay. Yeah, so, um, Orion is kind of crazy. Xenon's like, if we haven't heard signals from them in five years, like, why are we still doing this? Obviously, like, there's nothing out there. But Orion firmly believes in aliens. Well, like one should. Yeah, and he's very hopeful, and he's saying just because we haven't heard it before doesn't mean we wouldn't. Like, yeah. what do you mean? And we can, like, tell that he's, he's just, like, weird and doesn't socialize, like you said. 
it seems like he's been stuck in this room yeah. only for five years, which I hope is not true. I mean, he was not in the last movie. <laughs> he, the entire, like, space station was about to, like, go down. He's probably like, what, is that an alien? <laughs> yeah, and so we find out that Xenon is assigned to three-hour shifts every night and then a six-hour shift every Saturday. Yeah, That's but a lot of work for a 15-year-old. It is, but Plank is also like, I mean, you can do your homework in here. You can, yeah. like, do whatever. Yeah. Like, you just have to be here. Yeah. Uh, Xenon is not happy about it, but, like, she's got to do what she's got to do. And so, again, she thinks it's useless because they've never heard anything, but, like, yeah, she just needs to be there. Orion tries to give Xenon a tour, but she looks upset, and then... And then we cut to later on that night, Xenon is by herself, she's asleep in the lab, but then this alarm starts going off, and Mm -hmm. she's, like, running around, like, alien signal! Alien signal! Yeah. And she's, like, like pushing all the buttons and turning off everything, and then she turns around, and it's just Orion with an alarm clock. It was a fun prank for her first shift. Yeah, he was just like, oh, your first shift is over now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Xenon is back in her home pod, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's complaining to her mom. She tells her about Greg and everything. It's just so horrible in her life. And then the news channel, the TV news channel that's on, says that Protozoa, our beloved Protozoa, mm-hmm. has been missing since he performed in space. So that's been a year now. Mm-hmm. And Xenon, like, freaks the fuck out. I Well, and they first of all, they say missing, and then they're like, well, he just hasn't been seen by the media since then. Yeah. So, like, no one's filed a report that he's missing. He's just been, like, undercover, basically. Yeah, but then Xenon, like, freaks out as if they're, like, best friends or whatever. Like, see, you want a contest, and then you, like, kind of save his life. I don't think you guys are, I like, mean... Close terms? <laughs> they kind of are, or we later find out. Well, I guess. Um, yeah, so... So um, then everyone is called to the cafeteria for an emergency meeting, the entire space station. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that after Xenon brought down Wincom, the private uh, tech company that previously owned the space station and paid for everyone's science projects, since like Xenon like, foiled their evil plot, the U.S. military will now take over. Mm-hmm. Um, so the U.S. military, they're going to come up and evaluate which um, could lead to shutdowns and reassignments to Earth. Yeah, and so everyone is freaking out because, like, obviously no one wants to, like, lose their job and be sent to Earth, a planet they don't really know very well. Right, and they're, like, you know, talking mm, government. Yeah. <laughs> so Xenon goes to Commander Plank and she begs him to let her parents stay on the station no matter what, and Commander Plank is like, you know that I, like, can't make that happen. Like, I can't make any promises. The best right. thing you can do is just, like, Follow the rules. And then, Again. And then we see this camo rocket flying through space. The U.S. <laughs> military's rocket is decorated in camouflage. Which said of being the sky. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But this, yeah, it's like <laughs> Vietnam camouflage. <laughs> um, which made me think about, okay, so like, Xenon was not born in space, but there was obviously, like, there's people younger than her. She went to space when she was, like, what, like, five years old? Yeah, I think, I think that's what they said. It's five years, but, like, obviously, like, there have there's children who have been born in space, right? Mm-hmm. So when they, like, go back down to Earth, do they have, like, passports? Because you can't just, like, come into America from space, right? Well, I mean, they do. I guess they are American. Yeah. But, like, do, do they have, like, a license that says, like, space? I don't think so, because they don't drive. How, do they have, like, any sort of identification? Maybe birth certificates. Birth, I guess. But, like, but then, 
Maybe the entire system has changed even on Earth in 20-whatever year That's this true. is. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Because so. <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, their passports. You know, it has, like, your full street address and stuff like that. But, yeah. like, would it just say, like, space? Well, I'm sure it would say, like, that space station. Space Maybe station there's other space stations. Yeah. Yeah. So, at this if there point, are other space stations, they don't get nearly enough attention. Well, they don't have Xenon, so I don't care about them. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, the general has arrived. Yes, General and, Hammond. Yeah, and so whenever he gets there, his first words are that he wanted to see someone special. He's been asking around about who the best person to talk to would be, and he's like, I need to see you ASAP. And so Commander Plank is like, oh, I will meet you as soon as possible. And then he's like, no, I'm talking to Xenon. And so Xenon's like, oh, like, what can I do for you? He's like, I've heard a lot about you, and I have a special mission for you. Xenon is like, your wish is my command. What can I do for you? And he's like, basically... I want you to babysit my daughter. I want you to care and comfort for my precious daughter. Yes. And then we pan over, and who do we see? It's fucking iconic. So she walks in in this all, it's Margie Hammond, by the way. She walks <laughs> in in this, like, all orange outfit, these, like, plastic, like, everything she's wearing is, like, plastic, and then she stops and lowers her tiny sunglasses. Oh! It's Disney knew what they were doing. She looks like a bad bitch, I'm not gonna lie. And so she just, like, looks at Xenon, and she, like, she, does a little she wave. Knows. She She's doing it all. And so um, she is talking, uh, the general is like, hey, Margie, why don't you go to your room and take a rest before dinner? Margie complains and is like, I want to catch up with Xenon, blah, blah, blah. And the general is trying to act like he's, like, in charge. And he's like, no. And she's like, oh, but sad. And, and then she's she like, cries. fine. And then he's like, okay. Yeah. So Margie goes, uh, we cut to Margie in Xenon's room, and she's saying, oh, Greg says hi. Did I tell you that? And Xenon's like, this is the third time you've told me that. Yeah, so, and then Margie goes to her closet, and she wants to borrow this dress, and Xenon's like, no. But then Margie says, um, if you don't, like, like, treat me nice and do, like, everything I say, then I'm going to tell my dad to reassign your family back to Earth. So now Xenon is left having to basically, like, bend to Margie's every will. Well, she's just being blackmailed, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, well, she's upset, too, because she's like, I haven't even gotten to wear this yet. It's a whole thing. I was about to ask, where do they get clothes on the ship? But then she says that it got, like, mailed to her. But, like, yeah, I th- how do they get mailed to the ship? Well, I know, remember how in the last movie, Xenon escaped on, like, a, like, mail shuttle? Mm-hmm. They probably, like, make it down on Earth and then mail it up. Then how come they have so much better fashion and space than they do on Earth? Maybe it's just a different culture. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the yeah. So she blackmails her, and then we cut to the cafeteria. We see Xenon is bringing two trays of food. She has to get Margie's food for her. And then Xenon, like, tries to start eating, but Margie just, like, looks at her. And Xenon has to cut Margie's food for her. Yeah, I always her. thought this was so weird. Like, you can't cut up your food yourself? Yeah, so Xenon cuts her food and then, like, hands it over to her. And then we kind of see, like, a little montage of Margie forcing her to do things. She makes Xenon do her homework, which is not... Fair. Listen, I am very against cheating. Just don't do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> they both grab the last piece of cake at the same time, and they start, like, fighting over it, but as Xenon, like, tries to grab onto it, Margie, like, looks over at Xenon's parents, and so Xenon gives it up. Um, Xenon starts complaining to Nebula, and Nebula's like- They're, This is a different scene. They're in the hallway. Yeah, and so Nebula's like, you know, you're just letting her bother you. Like, you're just letting her get to you. It's not that bad. Like, are you kidding me? She's threatening to send her parents to space if she doesn't do everything she de- 
to Earth if she doesn't do everything she demands. Like, I don't think she's overreacting. Yeah, so then Xenon's like, she wants me to do her nails. And Nebula's like, well, that's not that bad. Like, we do each other's nails all the time. But then Xenon says, her toenails. And then Nebula gets grossed out. And I'm like, I even when I watched this as a kid, I was like, is that gross? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that weird. But I understand. Some people just don't like feet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People have feet things. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-feet things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so Um, they start also talking about how other families have already been sent home, and so she's, like, very nervous that, like, this could be a reality for her family, Xenon is. Yeah, but if Xenon has to obey Marjorie, she's gonna fight back. This is an iconic scene. Iconic? This is an iconic scene. I can't speak. Uh, This is what I remember the most from this movie. I never... You don't remember this? Okay. No, I remember this. Oh. But it would always confuse me because Xenon is doing Margie's toenails. Yeah. She puts glue in the nail polish. Yeah. So that whenever Margie goes home and takes her socks off, her socks are glued to her toenails. Mm -hmm. My thing is, why wouldn't you wait until your toenails are dry to put on your socks? Well, I don't know. Maybe the, the glue takes longer to dry. Super glue is supposed to take, like, 24 hours to fully dry. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the consistency in the nail polish would be like. Well, Margie wasn't paying attention to what was going on anyway, so she's in her own little world. I definitely wouldn't, like, same day wear socks over my, like, as I'm, like, walking home from my manicure, put socks over my newly painted toenails. I don't know. It was 2001. She was young. I'm talking about this is, like, 2052. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, so she can't pull it off, and she knows immediately that this was Xenon's doing. It couldn't have been her. Um, we cut to the alien patrol lab. Xenon is looking at the monitor and she sees like some movement and she hears this sound. So she calls everyone. Commander Plank comes in. Orion comes in. And they're like, you know, it probably wasn't anything. Like it was probably just frequencies getting picked up by like other yeah, stuff like, in this space. happens all the time. And she's like, no, I heard a clear zum. There was a zum. Yeah. And so. It's very important. Yeah. They don't believe her. They're like, you know, no one's found life before. Like what are the chances? Which is like literally what she had been saying earlier. But she's like, I know what I heard. And they're like. Call me tits, Xenon. Right. They're like, this happened. Oh, sorry. I just touched your knee. It's fine. This happens literally all the time. Like, no one cares, Xenon. Um, so then back at home, Xenon's parents, like, agree with Plank and Orion. They're like, it could just be anything. And then her dad suggests that she's yeah. making it up for attention. Yeah. He's like, you know, I know things have been sucky for you lately. Like, like, you, you just, just got, got dumped. Your Protozoa is missing. is missing. You have to babysit a girl your own age yeah yeah and so oh my god it's uh, i would have been so mad if my parents were like oh you're doing this for attention this goes back again i would have been like when have i ever done anything for attention this is a common theme in dcoms like adults don't believe children which i feel like they probably should sometimes anyway uh we cut to what was um yeah adults not believing children remember we discovered that Snuffleupagus used to be, like, Big Bird's imaginary friend, Mm -hmm. but then they made everyone, like, be able to see him because they thought that it might, like, um, like, influence kids telling adults about, like, abuse and parents not believing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, believe your kids, everyone. (laughs) We love Snuffleupagus. (laughs) Um, so, after that, Xenon's walking through the halls, and these kids come up behind her, and they're like, Zum, Zum. They're, like, making fun of her, talking about the aliens. spreads fucking fast. Dude, it's so mean. I'm sure Margie was the one who spread it. I'm turning into Xenon, but literally, Margie's the fucking worst this entire (laughs) movie. So, um, yeah, everyone's, like, talking shit on her, and she's like, you know, if there are aliens, and they're gonna come, they're gonna hate on the non-believers first, and she, like, scares them away. Yeah, She goes into the cafeteria, 
and everyone is like watching TV on a zap pad, but it's like a, pro- a projection of it's it. It's a hologram. Yeah. So Margie has this like new thing or whatever. Like no one new else. Newfangled device. And like Nebula and everyone else is like so interested in it and stuff like that. And it looks like, I don't know, like a movie. It's, it's like Romeo and Juliet on that, Mars or that's something. That's what they said. Yeah. And it's like a movie that's like playing like a hologram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so Margie goes up to Xena and she's like, you can come to my room and watch it with all of us. Oh, wait, you have to go to the alien patrol lab. Yeah, and then everyone fucking laughs at her. <laughs> and so Nebula's sitting, like, right next to Margie. And Nebula kind of goes to Xenon. And she's like, you know, I feel bad. She's like, I won't go if you don't want me to. And Xenon's like, I mean, I do have to work. Like, it's fine. You can do that. Um, so in the lab, we hear melodic zums. That's what the subtitles say. So we hear this, like, zum again. Like this time zum, there's two of them. Zum. Yeah. And so... Xenon looks around for trying to find someone so she can, like, bring them in and show them immediately. She finally gets Commander Plank, but he doesn't hear it. Whenever they, like, play back the tape, it's just, yeah, like, he still inter- doesn't it's just, like, static or something. And then General Hammond walks in, and Xenon is like, yo, listen, I heard aliens, they're here, it was a zum-zum. And the general also doesn't believe her. He suggests that the machines are malfunctioning. You can kind of see that Plank is like, Xenon, what the fuck are you doing? Well, like, yeah. and he's our boss. And he says, like, oh, if they're malfunctioning, we should probably shut this down next and, like, yeah. get rid of it. And so uh, Plank tries to say, like, you know, it's probably nothing. In fact, Xenon, you are done working in the alien patrol lab. Yeah, he's like, you're banned from this lab now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, so in the cafeteria, um, a speaker over the announce over the PA announces the jettison of module seven at seventeen hundred, which is five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all personnel must be in secure areas for safety because there's like a big like shake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learn that when the Wincom plan uh, before they were able to interfere ended up pushing the space station out of orbit. Mm -hmm. And so these older modules that, like, don't function the way they used to or, like, maybe they're not used for could, like, keeping them on could cause cause the entire space station to crash down into Earth and they all must be jettisoned. But Xenon won't take it. Yeah, it's just making it unstable. And she thinks that there has to be, like, a different way to do this. And she says that, like, they need to fight. Um, so we see Captain Plank is, like, going into his office, but his office is a, what? Commander. Oh, sorry. Give him the respect. Sorry. Commander (laughs) I don't know the difference. (laughs) Is going into his office, but we see that it's just a utility closet that has his name on it now. Yeah, General Hammond took over his real office. Yeah, so he's, like, complaining to Xenon, who was, again, a 15-year-old girl. But, like, he's also, she's also, like, kind of his niece now. Yeah. But he's complaining to her. He's like, yeah, General, like, took my office. This is where I'm stuck now. And so Xenon is saying, like, this is even more reason to fight. Commander Plank says maybe they'd be better off on Earth anyway. We could stop fighting. And Xenon again. See. Yeah, yeah. The well, only one with fire. Yeah, well, he's like, I could see Julie. Like, I wouldn't. Judy. Judy. Yeah. I wouldn't have to have, like, all these pressures of running a space station by myself. Like, it's so much sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then Xenon is like, what are you talking about? Like, it's almost like aliens are taking over your body like making a joke like that yeah and plank is like listen those report or yeah your reports or whatever did not help us like it only makes us seem like crazy well, yeah people. he literally like blames her he's like you know that is why the general is going so hard on everyone else because yeah. of what you said <laughs> and so xenon these little kids like make fun of xenon in the hallway yeah and she runs into margie and nebula as they turn a corner 
And Margie decides tells Zena that she needs to do her report on the stock market crash of 2006. I put a star by this. I said, this is too close to the truth, bitch. <laughs> they were predicting the future. I don't it's, like it. It's two years off. That's it. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were they were still five years away from 2006, yeah. and yeah. So I don't know when like everything like started happening before everything crashed down. I watched The Big Short. I don't remember anything from it, <laughs> but like they were pretty close. Yeah, and it's and like this takes place in like 2050 something. Like it could have been like 2020, it could have yeah. been 2030, but they chose 2006. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Nebula and Margie are talking about oh they're gonna test this new like pod that her dad has they're gonna go on a ride together and xenon is like very frustrated she storms off and nebula like tries to go well nebula is also like it's gonna be fabulo which is what margie says all the time yeah. it's kind of like an earth word mm-hmm. um yeah so xenon storms off uh margie seems pleased but nebula runs after her mm-hmm. and nebula's like listen like i don't hate margie but and like because you've been so caught up in like these alien things, like we don't see each other. So yeah, I've been hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the problem? Well, and she's like, I don't understand why you're so upset about this. And Nebula asks if she hates her just because. Oh, Nebula asks if she has to hate Margie just because Xenon yeah. does. And, and Xenon, like, um, okay, <laughs> Xenon's response is not great. She's like, "You're my best friend. Like, you just should or something. Like, not good, not great, but also." If you think about the way that Margie is treating Xenon and the fact that she is, like, holding the fact that she wants to deport her parents above her head, like, if that was my best friend, I don't think I would befriend Margie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of, like, on board with, like, you hate someone, but it's more like you don't know that person. Well, like, yeah. Like, because your friend hates them. Like, if you told me that, like, oh, I hate this person, I'd be like, yeah, me too, even <laughs> if, like, I've never heard of them. But, like, if I knew them personally and, like, I knew... That I I can't even like think of. Well, I just feel like you can't justify it because if I was like I hate this person, you're like, oh why? Because they're threatening to deport my parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like normally, if you hate a person, you have a good reason. For yeah. It. So so I understand that like what she's saying about this friendship is not entirely healthy, but also as a good friend, I feel like Nebula should, should kind support of support Zidon in this. Yeah. Instead of going to hang out with Margie, who's blackmailing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Xenon, yeah, she says, if you were my best friend, you would have done, like, you would have just, like, not hung out with her to begin with. Nebula calls her out on that. And, yeah, she's like, if you weren't so alien obsessed and you spent more time with me, like, I wouldn't be friends with her. Also, Xenon has only talked about these aliens twice now. Yeah, I don't- And everyone's, like, making it seem like she's fucking crazy. I mean, that's only what we've seen. So maybe in all of her other times, she's talking about the aliens. Maybe she, well, they're not, they should be in school. So maybe she'll, like, sneak up in class and be like, well, when I heard the aliens. The aliens, um. (laughs) But Xenon ends up upset alone in her room. She's, like, laying on the bed, talking Talking to her zap pad. Yeah, she's playing solitaire, and she's like, I know I'm right. Oh, I wish everyone would believe me. And she's like, oh, I can't even win at solitaire. (laughs) And so she, like, throws her zap pad, but then her Well, she said that she turned it off later, so she turns it off. she completely turns it off. But then it starts beeping, and Mm -hmm. she sees that, like, these graphs and charts start downloading to her zap pad, and the charts start playing the zums, but it goes, zum, zum, zum. And And she thinks to herself, she says, why does that sound familiar? And then she looks at her protozoa poster and has a realization. She's like, oh. So she invites Orion to her room and she shows Orion what she saw, like the graphs and stuff on her zap pad. And she plays the sound too of the zum. Yeah, she plays the zum, zum, zum. And and then. Oh, she says, listen. And she puts in this microchip. And what plays? Supernova girl. Zoom, zoom, zoom. 
That's what the zooms are. They're the zoom, zoom, zooms from Supernova Girl because aliens have great fucking taste. Yeah, she's like, oh my God, the aliens just want to fucking meet Protozoa. That's it. Who wouldn't? She's like, you know what? I don't blame them. I love Protozoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Orion like immediately believes her, which is nice for once. Somebody yeah. fucking believes Xenon. Well, she also like has this proof too, which helps. Yeah, but Orion's like, okay, well, we need to tell Commander Plank. And Xenon is like, no, he's not going to believe yeah, us. Start, like, Every time I tell somebody like, no one believes me. Yeah, they start walking through the hallways and like you know what they're just like mad and we're just gonna keep this to ourselves for now to like we figure out what's going on mm-hmm. and at this point they have to like get into these chairs and buckle up because there's a module getting ready to jettison mm-hmm. and the module jettisons and then it just like drifts off into space all this like i mean i don't know how satellites and shit work but that's well yeah where would it go like it just it floats just... into the oblivion i guess okay yeah i guess floats forever. That's i don't know happened. how space works that's what happened in gravity that's what george clooney did he just floated into the oblivion oh. Okay. It kind of scared me. <laughs> Different movie. Moving on. Um, anyway, after that, Xenon goes into the cafeteria. Nebula is sitting at a table, and Xenon keeps trying to talk to her. Xenon's like, she's I know. To make up. Yeah, she's like, I know that you're really mad at me. I'm sorry. Like, I really need to talk to you. Will you please talk to me? So Nebula finally responds, and she explains that her and her family are getting sent home tomorrow. Xenon is like, obviously, very upset. This is her best friend. She's like, I, like, why didn't you tell me sooner? And Nebula says, I didn't know if you would care because we were like in this fight. <laughs> And, and so, Xenon's like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, so she's freaking out. She's like, you are not going to go home. We're not going to take this sitting down. Like, you are my best friend. We've been here together forever. Yeah, so they said, listen, we gon' fight. So in the next scene... We oh, he also. she also says, General has never been to war with Xenon Carr. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want to go to war with Xenon Carr. Yeah, I mean... Like, he was probably born in, like, 2000. We don't know what wars he's been in. Let me just say that Xenon is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, this general, all the adults probably lived through the Trump era. Ugh. We don't want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so she's like, we're gonna fight this. They, Nebula... in the next scene... Oh, sorry, did you have something to say before that? No. Okay, in the next scene, Xenon and Nebula are moving this, like, box through the hallway... And they go into where, like, all of this luggage and stuff is being stored for the flight out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they, like, sit on the box and they talk and they're like, oh, I'm gonna miss you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they're saying their goodbyes. And as this is happening, we see Margie is, like, spying from behind this, like, stack of boxes and stuff. Yeah. And so they kind of, they don't talk about exactly what their plan is, but they kind of, like, hint about it here and there. Yeah, so the next day, um, this crew worker picks up the box and moves it, like, onto the space shuttle. Um, Xenon's parents are saying goodbye to Nebula and her family, and they're saying that Xenon is just too sad to come down and say goodbye, and that's why she's not there. Mm-hmm. So Nebula's shuttle lands on Earth, and the crew the crew member moves their box into, like, the luggage area, and it lets out an owl. Oh. So the later on, the box starts shaking, it falls over, and it opens, and Xenon climbs out. She is wearing a fabulous outfit, might I add. She's wearing, like, peak leggings and this, like, silver suit going on. It's, like, a skirt and a shirt. And she has this bag, which is, like, it's this long bag with clear, like, it's supposed to be a purse, but I don't think you could put anything in there. <laughs> she has to bring accessories even when she's been in a box in a plane. I don't know. So, behind her, Margie says, I came out of my box two minutes ago. Margie came in her own box, and Xenon's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she's like, Margie's like, oh, like, you always have adventures, and I wanted to come along. 
Yeah, and, and then Margie complains immediately about, I, if I knew I was going to get so sweaty, I don't know if I would have come. And Xenon's like, that's not what this is about. Yeah, Xenon's like, you, we, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And like, and now I got to look after you? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and so we cut to Xenon and Margie showing up at Aunt Judy's. Aunt Judy is like super excited to see them, but she's like, wait, was I supposed to pick you up? What's going on? Did your yeah. family know you're here? So they go inside. Xenon explains all the stuff about the aliens and protozoa and everything. And without a doubt, Judy fucking believes her. Yes. And Judy, Judy is, is the best belief. character in this series. Judy. Buddy's ear is moving right now. <laughs> he loves Aunt Judy, too. He loves Aunt Judy. <laughs> yeah, and um, so Judy believes her about the aliens. She's like, I've always believed in aliens. Like, how stupid could we be to think we're the only intelligent life forms on the entire universe? Right, which is fucking true. You guys, aliens are fucking real, and if you don't believe that, go away. Yeah, like, they may not look like UF, like, you know, what you think of we when don't you know think what of they aliens. Look like. Yeah, we don't know, but they exist. There's other life. They may not be, like, yeah. Space literally doesn't fucking end. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just okay, saying. So if any aliens are listening to the podcast, comment we, on our Instagram. We, we love you. <laughs> um, so then they're like, now we have to find protozoa because the aliens want to meet protozoa. So Margie is like, wait, maybe an alien just fucking abducted him. And then Xenon is basically like, you're an idiot. Which, like, it was a, it was a valid suggestion. Well, she does explain, like, why that wouldn't happen. I don't remember what she says because I didn't says, write it down. Well, she says, like, her fr- his friends and family, like, haven't caused an uproar or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, like, he's definitely still on Earth. But she's very mean about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's like, if, her, oh, if his own friends and... F- Margie says, if his own friends and family can't find him, how do we do it? And Xenon goes... Like, how you would find any rock star. You study his lyrics. And so Xenon's like, what does he always write about? Supernovas. Yeah, they're like, Nova girl. Nova. Look at that. And And then Margie goes, oh, he's always writing about a girl named Linda. Yeah, and, okay, for some reason, they have this interaction, which is not at all necessary, but um, Xenon says, wait, Aunt Judy, doesn't Linda mean something in Spanish? And Judy's like, yes, it means beautiful, which, like, is not... it's not relevant information at all. So then they're like, Nova, Linda, and they like just Google yeah, so search. Yeah, so they look up Linda Nova to zero results. And they look up Nova Linda to one search result and an image. Yeah, okay. First of all, celebrities <laughs> don't just like put images of their like secret houses on the internet Did for everyone to exist? see. I, I get it was tw- the 2050s, so I guess so. Maybe things are different. There's better security, but obviously not, as we'll later find out. <laughs> yeah. And so, so Xenon's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to go there. And Aunt Judy just agrees to drive them. Yeah, so then we cut to Protozoa at his hideaway, vlogging. <laughs> um, we don't know who he's talking to, because it sounds like he's sending a message to his fans, but no one's heard from him or seen him. I think so he's just vlogging. It doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, he's like, what's next for me? I was the first rock star in space, and now I need my next move. And that's why I'm hiding out here, because I need time to think. Well, <laughs> and he says, I can't be the president, because you guys have weird rules about having to be born here. Yeah, he's like, I am Australian. Yeah, and he's like, he's I like, can't be the Pope, because I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's next? But he's like, I promise I will never sell out. And then he's like, send message. Yeah, so Aunt Judy, Xenon, and Margie drive to the Nova Linda property. And this, there, okay, so, like, there's a giant fence, and it says no trespassing, but there's a gate in the fence that just fucking opens, like, it's nothing. Yeah, so Judy drops him off. At first, she's like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, maybe I shouldn't be letting 15-year-olds, like, maybe yeah, get arrested go, for trespassing. They go by themselves without it. I don't know why Aunt Judy didn't go. 
I don't know. Maybe she's too scared. I don't know. But she just lets them go. But Zidinon's like, you know what? It's okay. I will take full responsibility. It's yeah. fine. But this property is literally the fucking rainforest. Yeah, they start walking up a big-ass, huge mountain. Like, through trees, past a waterfall. There's, like, all this wildlife. What state is this supposed to be in? I always assumed it was California. Does that exist in California? I don't know. I've never been. Me either. <laughs> The furthest west I've ever been is Texas, so. The furthest west I've ever been is Kansas. <laughs> anyway, they start literally climbing up this giant mountain. Luckily, there's, like, an easy path to walk up or something. Yeah, so then we briefly cut back to the space, space station. The general looks for Margie in her room, and he sees this message waiting, like, beeping on her zap pad that's left there. And on this message, she says, like, Daddy, if you find this... Uh, Xenon kidnapped me and forced me to go to Earth with her. <laughs> yeah! This is why Margie is the most unlikable character. Not <laughs> only did she threaten to deport Xenon's parents if she didn't do everything she said, then she blames Xenon. Xenon could be in literally- Xenon could be arrested for kidnapping. By the military. Yeah! And yeah, she's like, oh, it's like all about this alien stuff, and Xenon forced me to go with to go to Earth with her. Well, and she, even in the video, she's not like acting like it's no big deal. She's like, Xenon forced like, me, so and scared. I had nothing I could do, and like, oh my fucking god, like, oh yeah. So, so we, we cut back to Xenon and Margie. Uh, they're hiking through the rainforest, and they get stopped by this giant spider web and a tarantula, which like. They, like, freak out about, but then Xenon ends up just, like, knocking it down with a stick. Mm -hmm. And then she, like, lifts up the stick, and the tarantula's only on the stick. Well, why would you hold on to the stick after you did that? Like, go! I don't know. It's not on them, but they scream and they run away. I don't know. So then, um, we cut back to the space station again. Xenon's parents are like, oh, should we check on Xenon? She's been in her room all day. Like, she must be so crushed that Nebula left. Yeah, but Mom says that last time she tried to go, like, check on her, she just yelled at her to go away. At this point, their door opens, and the general comes, like, barreling in. He yells at them. He's like, what is going on with Xenon? What is she doing? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, Xenon's in her room right now. And he's like, I don't think so. So they, like, go to her room. They knock on the door. And again, she's like, go away. Like, leave me alone. They keep knocking. And every time they knock, she's, like, saying something different so they open the door and they realize she's not in there they knock on the wall and she they realize it's like a sound automated like recordings that she's c come up with which yeah. honestly pretty clever it's really smart because every time they knock it's a different thing or it's like go away and then like they start to open the door and she's like i'm working on an experiment yeah <laughs> so every time that happens it's different so they realize that xenon is in fact gone yeah but then they go over to their tv and there's a message from aunt judy that explains everything yeah which like Good for Aunt Judy. She, <laughs> well, yeah, she's like, please don't hate me. Yeah, she's like, I had nothing to do with it. Please shut up. Yeah. So finally, we cut back. Xenon and Margie make it to the Nova Linda house. Um, and Margie starts complaining because she's like, I can't believe you found it. You just do it. I'll never be your hero. And Xenon's like, don't try to be me to be a hero. Be yourself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone wants to be Xenon, and I don't blame them. Xenon's really fucking cool. And for some yeah. reason, like, I don't hate her. Like, but she's, Zena yeah. Well, she's also just, like, really fearless, but... Well, and she's just honest. Like, she never yeah. tries to be anything besides herself, and she always is like, I don't care if you don't believe me, this is the truth. Right, she's never... She doesn't have that attitude that's like, oh, like, I've done all these things, so I'm better than everyone. Yeah. 
So She's just like, I just want, like, people to believe me when I try to tell them things are happening. Yeah. Honestly, we stand Xenon. Like, yeah. It's not her fault that, like, she's the one that, she just, like, happens to discover these things. Yeah. And, like, it's just because that. The chosen one. Yeah, she has that confidence to, like, well, because, like, she gets into trouble all the time, too. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a character flaw. Yeah. But, like, because she has that confidence, that's how she gets into these situations. Right. And we, we, we'll touch more on that later. <laughs> yeah. So they finally, like, they make their way onto Protozoa's actual property. And as Xenon, like, takes this step, we can see her feet kind of, like, zap up. She's not being zapped, but she can't stop laughing. And so Margie's like, what are you doing? Xenon tries to stop her and be like, don't step. But Margie steps there, too, and she starts laughing, too. They can't stop laughing. Margie's like, why did you try to stop me? And Xenon's like, I did try to stop you. And then we see Protozoa come out, and he's like, I have some unexpected guests. And then he's like, Xenon Car! He's like, Xenon Car? Is that that you? Is that you? (laughs) Xenon! Yeah, so he remembers Xenon, which, like, yeah, I guess he would. She saved his life. (laughs) Yeah, they turn off the laughing gas or whatever. Uh, Yeah, so Xenon shows him the zoom, zoom, zooms from the aliens inside while Margie just, like, stares with her mouth open at Protozoa. Yeah. Um, Xenon says that he has to go to space to perform for the aliens. And Protozoa's like, I already went to space. Like, this is why I'm here. I'm trying to come up with my next big move. But Xenon's like, but this is different. You'll be singing for fucking aliens. And no one's done that before. And he says, oi, 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 park my space suit. <laughs> so that means yes. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Translated from future Australian, that means yes. <laughs> We're fluent. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so mom and dad are back at the space station. They wonder when Xenon will check in. And we learn that Mom is just, like, terrified of Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really see this in the last movie, but we did see her in her stress helmet all the time. Yeah. And that was mostly just because of, like, Xenon's actions, so they just, like, constantly get her into trouble. Mm-hmm. But we learn in this movie that, like, she has all these other stresses, too. Like, she's been in space for so long. This is her home. She doesn't like flying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I don't blame her. <laughs> well, yeah, and, like, having to uproot your life that you've had for, like, ten plus years and just, like, go back to Earth and... Yeah. yeah. So, they're very upset, but as they go to try and leave and go to work, they get stopped by some guards, and they're like, oh, you guys are on house arrest, by the way. You guys are stuck here until Margie and Xenon get back. And they, like, try to fight it, but the guards are just like, no, like, you have to go inside. Yeah, so back at the house, Xenon prepares food for Protozoa for some reason while he's writing a new song. And he's like, oh, I've been stopped up for so long, and now I can write again. Yeah, because Xenon's here. So Protozoa is like, well, why didn't the aliens contact me directly? And Margie is like, well, they probably saw E.T. and they're afraid of the government. (laughs) And honestly, Xenon's like, you're not wrong. Right. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) E.T. is a very stressful movie. I sobbed my eyes out when I saw it for the first time two years ago. (laughs) I watched it as a kid and, like, didn't understand a lot of it, but I feel like it doesn't faze me as much because I was, like, five years old and watched it. Yeah, we watched it with two of our friends, and one of whom cries at, like, Everything did not cry at E.T., whereas I did. And she says, why do I care about E.T.? He's not a dog. (laughs) This is Ellen. I know. (laughs) Yeah, so Xenon agrees with Margie, and then she says that the aliens probably want to, like, meet on a common ground. Like, they want to meet in space because they're used to space. Yeah, and then Protozoa is like, you know, space is fucking huge. Where do we meet them? (laughs) Yeah, and so Xenon explains that whenever they got, she got the call on her zap pad, they also, like, downloaded a bunch of files, and she says that Orion, like, 
knows that the files are there, they just can't access them right now. So then she just starts, like, tapping a bunch of buttons until they just, like, are able to access it. Yeah, they magically find it, and this map pops up, and they don't know how to read it, but they send the map to Orion, and so he's gonna, like, translate it and be able to read what the map says. Um, Xenon... Uh, so now the next point in their plan is that they have to get Margie to ask her dad for a shuttle to take them for wherever the aliens are. Well, they're gonna say they're going back to get the shuttle, but then they're gonna go somewhere else. Yeah, so Margie says no, and that's when she reveals that she told him that Xenon kidnapped her, and Xenon's, like, pretty chill about it. Yeah! Xenon does not give a fuck that she could get arrested for kidnapping. She's just like, Margie, it's okay. You just have to, like, talk to your dad. It'll be okay. Yeah, so Margie tries to call her dad on the zap pad and the pad like picks up but it's only like one-way communication yeah so she like she's like dad hello yeah dad cannot the general cannot hear her but they can see and hear what the zap pad is picking up in the general's office Mm -hmm. and we learn that the general says that they'll have all space personnel on earth by next week and after that they'll jettison all remaining sectors and if they don't act fast then the entire thing will drop because of the damage done by windcom yeah and this is where we, yeah, this is where we learn where it's, like, the general, it's it's shown to us that the general only came up to, like, bam, 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 shut down the entire space station. Yeah, but also, like, he has to or else it's gonna erupt. Yeah, like, we had to learn that later, but, like, right, because, like, we kind of see this from Xenon's eyes. He's yeah. just, like, the bad guy trying to take away her yeah. home. So, um, Aunt Judy calls Commander Plank and tells them what Xenon heard. Commander Plank says, maybe they'll send a, sh- a shuttle because the aliens sent Xenon a map. But Judy doesn't think that that's going to happen. She says that Xenon is normally right about this stuff. Like, we need to trust her. Right. And so, <laughs> and because Judy says it. Yeah, well, yeah, Plank kept kind of, like, arguing her on this. But then, but then Judy's like, well, Xenon's normally right on this. And Plank's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, so then Commander Plank is with Orion, and Orion explains the map to him. Commander Plank is shook. He's like, oh my god, there are aliens. Xenon was right. And then um, Margie and Xenon are talking outside. They're, like, outside of Protozoa's cabin. Margie asks why Xenon hates her, and Xenon is like you hate me. You treat me like shit. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, she's like, this is started, at, like, I showed up on Earth, and you were so shitty to me. Yeah, and she's like, you've always hated me. And then Margie's like, oh, you shouldn't take that personally. Yeah, like, I do that she to everyone. says, you're dumb to take it personally. Yeah. What? Margie? <laughs> yeah, and so Margie then explains, like, she only does that because she's had to move so much she's in her ar- life. Yeah, she's an army brat, and she's never really known how to fit in. She's always, Zenon. like, been the new girl, so she kind of, like, has very like, thick skin. Like, walls. Yeah. Um, and she says, like, Xenon just, like, fits in everywhere. Because, like, she like she came to Earth, and she was, like, immediately, like, Greg was taken with her. Like, people immediately liked her. Yeah. And so Xenon is like, you know, it is stressful to, like, have to do these adventures and stuff. She's like, I didn't really, like, choose to do this, but I know that I can't not. And she's like, like, what what if I'm wrong? And so she's, like, talking about the stress that it does put on her. Like, it's not all just, like, glamour and, like, popularity. Yeah, she's like, listen, Margie, we're all stressed out about shit, but you can be a nice person. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, that's exactly what she says. (laughs) Yeah, so. so Then we cut to Nebula, and she's sitting in their, like, new house on Earth with her mom. She's complaining. She's like, I just want to go home. I hate it here. The air's brown. The food tastes like plastic. Obviously, Nebula has not had some Well, good. yeah, also, Xenon told her what to get when she gets to Earth. Yeah, She's they like, probably, eat the fried food, get the good shit, it's gonna be so good. They probably got, like, frozen meals and put them in the microwave. Yeah, <laughs> and that wouldn't be good. 
So, yeah, Nebula's just complaining. She's like, I just want to go home. And Mom is like, you know, so do I. But we're just going to have to try and fit in, like, the best that we can. And that's when the U.S. Intergalactic Patrol shows up looking for Nebula to see if she knows about Xenon's whereabouts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Plank talks to the General, and he asks to be departed to Earth for about 24 hours so he can see Judy. Yeah, so he lies to the General because he's not going to be like, I'm going to get Xenon. Yeah, so then we see the soldiers interrogating Nebula, and Nebula tells them that she came here to find Protozoa, and that's all she knows. Yeah. And they're like, how does she do that? And Nebula's like, listen, like, Xenon's been my best friend my entire life, but I have no idea how she does this shit. Exactly. And so they go to leave, because they're, like, going to find Judy, but uh, Nebula calls Judy, or... Wait, and Judy, Judy. Yeah, this is when Judy calls Xenon, and yeah. she tells them that Plank is on his way. Um, Plank is going to be the one to uh, shuttle them out and take them to see the aliens. So they're all going to meet on this beach. Yeah, and Judy says to stay out of sight because these soldiers are looking for them. They're at Nebula's. They'll probably show up at Judy's. The doorbell rings, and that's when Judy hangs up and run, like sneaks out her backyard. Not even sneaks. She has like one of those like seven feet tall fences, and yeah. she like scales it and jumps over it, and then just starts running. And the officers just like give up immediately. They don't even like knock down yeah, the door just or like, anything. Okay, I guess she's not here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't guess they don't have a warrant, but yeah. So back up in the space station, Orion and Plank are talking about the aliens in the hallway. And they turn around, and they find out that the general is right behind them, and he heard the whole thing that Plank is going down there to take Xenon and the gang to see the aliens. Yeah. So, obviously, that means that he's going to be stopped. So, at that point, we go back to Protozoa's house. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, back and forth at this party. It's really hard to keep up, so, like, just stay with us. Yeah, so Protozoa, so Margie and Xenon are carrying all of Protozoa's luggage. He has, like, four suitcases for one day Even though it takes, like, 20 minutes to get up to space. Yeah, he has all of these suitcases, and um, as they're going, Mom and Dad are still on house arrest. Mom wonders if Plank can get away from... Yeah, can get away with it, um, and this is when Orion appears in their ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we see Judy shows up at Nebula's house um, to go meet them on the beach. Mom and Dad call Xenon, and they tell her that Plank is under military arrest, and they suggest just surrendering to the general. Yeah, they're like, forget about the aliens, just come home. Yeah, but then Xenon's like, Mom, you're a pilot, like, you can fly a shuttle, but Mom is just so scared, she's scared of flying, she hasn't done it, like, ever since having a family, like, she changed a little bit. Well, yeah, and so she's talking to Dad about this, she, like, gets off the call, and she's, like, talking to Dad, she's like, you know, I used to love adventure, like, Xenon doesn't get this from nowhere, like, I used to love this, but I've just gotten so used to, like, life up here, and Dad says, you know, you just have to make this choice, like, it has to be up to you. Yeah, so Judy and Nebula arrive at the beach. Um, no one is there yet. Yeah. Um, at this point... Oh, oh, take... Oh, Orion. Okay, yeah. that's like a G. I was really confused. <laughs> Orion takes Mom, like, through... They're literally sneaking through the vents so that they can sneak a, like, trash shuttle yeah. for Mom to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebula, Judy... Nebula and Judy meet Xenon, Margie, and Protozoa on the beach, Xenon tells Judy about Plank that he won't be coming down Mm -hmm. as Mom and Orion fly down to Earth. Yeah, and so we hear Mom screaming as she's flying, but she's doing okay. She starts, like, closing her eyes, and Orion is like, you're doing good, but can you please, like, keep your eyes open? And Mom talks about how, like, oh, you know, I'm actually the most scared about landing this. And so Orion's like, that is not comforting to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much. At this point, uh, General learns that the shuttle is missing, so, like, forces start going in on them. And yeah. Judy tells Xenon... 
Oh, yeah, this is where Aunt Judy tells Xenon that, like, she gives everyone confidence. This is, like, Aunt Judy, Mom, all these other people that are like, we would have never, like, done this in a million years and, like, learned these things about ourselves yeah. if it weren't for you, Xenon. And she says that, yeah, she says that Xenon, like, pushes people to be their best and, like, yeah. to give their most. Which really is nice. It's really nice. So, uh, yeah, Mom and Orion land on the beach at the same time that all of the soldiers are moving in on them. Well, they can't see them yet. So they, like, get there, they hug Mom and Orion and everything, they get on the ship, and then as they're on the ship, Marge She's like, hey, what's that? And they realize that it's the military. So they start trying to go off, but mom can't get it to start because it's just like. Oh, it's so intense. Yeah, the like, soldiers are approaching. It needs to like cool down. The they can't start it. But Xenon just starts screaming. She's like, mom, we gotta go now. And then. And it works. It's fun. It suddenly works. So. Uh, yeah. So the general is yelling at Plank and dad up on the space station. Plank uh, actually defends the aliens. And dad is like. Listen, now is not the time to be getting in trouble. Like, we have people we love on the shuttle. Mm -hmm. You have a person you love on the shuttle. We should just, like, focus all of our energies right now on getting them safely to return. Yeah. So, Mom seems to have finally calmed down while she's flying, but they haven't reached the aliens yet, even though they're, like, supposed to be at the place where they thought they would be the aliens. Yeah, they've been waiting for a while because everyone on the shuttle is asleep. Um, and mom tells Xenon, they're like, you know, measurement, like, these are alien measurements that you have to convert to our measurements, they might not have been Yeah, the miscalculations could be, like, major. Because it's fucking space. Yeah. Uh, and then, this is where mom thanks Xenon for giving her confidence. I wrote this down. She says, when you think about having kids, you think about what you're going to show them, and, like, the things you're going to teach them, but you can't anticipate the thousands of things your kids will teach you. so nice. (laughs) Well, yeah, she basically thanks Xenon for, like, making her brave again, which is so sweet. And, like, and it's also really nice because, like, throughout both movies, we've seen, like, the entire movie, like, people just keep shutting Xenon down Mm -hmm. and, like, saying that she's wrong. But, like, at, well, at least at the end of the at the end of this movie, they realize that like all these antics Xenon gets into like become bigger things, and they help other people like come out of their shells. And it's so nice. Well, it's also because like mom is always like so worried about Xenon, which sometimes comes across as like her being annoyed with Xenon. Yeah, but it's really That's just her like helmet. yeah, and but it's really just like she loves her so much, and she's so right. afraid that like anything bad could happen to her. But she realizes that like you just got to go out into the world. Yeah, sometimes. I also love that like Xenon as a like she's like a young teenage girl mm-hmm. and like you like especially like in the 2000s well in like early 2000s you normally didn't see like young teenage girls just taking like such like full force in control of situations like this. yeah mm-hmm. i i love Zena. well and the thing is she doesn't ever ask for help like yeah. she does this on her own because she knows that it's kind of dangerous she's like you know I'm, and like no one believes her anyway yeah and so, so she, yeah. yeah it's really good when she's only 15 we love that. We love so, Zena. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, again, back to what they were saying. She thanks her for helping her be brave, but at this point, the fuel is, like, getting low, and so Mom's like, oh, it's okay, like, there's the auxiliary tanks, they're completely full, and then it's like, auxiliary tanks are also empty, like, we're gonna fucking fall out of the sky, so we find out Orion forgot to fill the auxiliary tanks, so they are running out of gas and running out very quickly. Yeah, so they, um, they run out of fuel, and so they just start to float in space. They can't control where yeah. they're going. Um, they can't get a signal to the space station. Mom is trying to tell everyone to stay calm, and at this point, Xenon is, like, blaming herself, because she's like, we're all gonna fall to our fucking death, right. and this is my fault. And they're also, they also start to get pulled in by the moon's gravity. And yeah. And like, since they don't have any fuel, they can't, like, rush to get it out. Yeah, and as this is happening, like you said, they're going, like, really fast toward the, mu- the moon. They think they're gonna, like, crash, but... Uh, they get, like... Earth's moon. Yeah. (laughs) Um, they get, like, swept up by this light. And Xenon just immediately knows that it's aliens. And she's like, oh my god, they're saving us. Yeah, so this blue light, like, flies around them. And it's, like, these... These, like, digital wings. Yeah, it's not, like, butterfly wings. It's, like, wings of, like... 
It's like if you separated, like, a butterfly's wings in half from, like, the top part, like, the top big parts, like, the top bottom parts, but they were equal. Yeah, and but they, it's, like, like really flap. skinny. Yeah, and they, like, flap on top of each other, but they're, like, connected in the middle. And it's also, like, like... If you're watching this, you've probably seen Xenon, so... <laughs> it's also, like, the Northern Lights. Like, it's rainbow, and it's, like, changing yeah, it's colors. Like, it's, like, blue, but then the wings also look, like, technological, kind of. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Every, yeah, everyone turns around to see, like, this magical dust that has come onto the ship. And we hear humming. It's the melodic music. It's the zum, zum, zum. Yeah, so then Protozoa introduces himself. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, listen, y'all want an autograph? Like, what, well, how are we going to do this? Yeah, but the alien is not communicating with Protozoa, and so he, like, gets out of the way, and he's like, I think they want to talk to you, Xenon. So Xenon, for some reason, can just, like, communicate with the aliens. Well, I think the aliens, like, did that somehow. Well, yeah, they, like, Xenon explains it. She's like, it's like I can hear them in my brain or whatever. And so she says, she explains that the aliens, like, something happened to their space station and fell their, out of their orbit. Their navigational system broke, and they've been lost. They didn't, haven't known where they've been in space for three Earth years. Yeah. And they need to upload the navigational system from um like the earth space station or the shuttle that they're in now because it also has a navigational system and in return they'll tow their shuttle back and i think orion or someone was like why couldn't they just like hack our space station anyway and the alien said because taking without asking is not polite so we know that they're good aliens. Yes, yeah, so they then, have manners. Yeah, so they upload um this the system to their spaceship and they like float around the yeah, shuttle. Yeah, they like dance around everybody it's in this rainbow like, mist. Like fairy dust. Yeah, but everyone is very happy about it. Yeah. So uh, at this point we go back to the space station. Dad and Commander Plank are telling everyone uh they're Oh, they're they tell the general back. that everyone is safe and yeah, they're on their way back now. So we see the aliens deliver their ship. And yeah, they, like, look out the window, and everyone can see, like, the alien ship carrying the shuttle. But they don't know that that's what the alien is at this point. I don't it's, know. Yeah, but they can tell that it's, like, something not human. Yeah. So everyone gets, like, back on the ship. They meet their loved ones. Everyone hugs. And the general's like, hey, like, you guys are still in trouble. Like, y'all kidnap Margie, and dismantling will continue. Well, yeah, and he tries to explain that, like, he's not the villain, but, like, we have to do this or else well, everything's yeah, gonna... Well, yeah, the general starts calling Xenon reckless and selfish, but then Margie steps in to defend her. And Margie says, like, the world needs to know about these aliens, and, like, none of this would have happened without Xenon. Yeah. But then the general asks for proof. And then the aliens begin to reassemble the space station and put it back into orbit mm -hmm. uh, before flying off into space. And yeah, this is where we learn we're like, the general isn't really a bad guy. This is just what he was told to do, probably by the president. Yeah. And back in Xenon 1, it was President Chelsea Clinton. Yeah, so, so I don't know what the elections were like. That's <laughs> true. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, the aliens help them get back into uh, orbit, and then Protozoa decides to do another space concert, because yeah. he's already there. Yeah, so Protozoa is playing his concert in the cafeteria, and he begins to tell the story about how Xenon found him. Uh, we learned that the aliens used transmission from his space concert, and that's why Xenon heard the zoom, zoom, zooms to contact Xenon. They weren't contacting Protozoa, he says, because... They were trying to contact a true believer in Xenon. Mm -hmm. We learned that this is Plank and Judy's wedding. And Protozoa is playing their and wedding. And Protozoa is playing it. And Protozoa dedicates his new song to Xenon called The Galaxy Is Ours. I have some Ooh, things to say. It's so good. I um, love The Galaxy Is Ours. I do too. Like, it's not Supernova Girl, but it's I not. Think, I think it holds up. Yeah, it is good. Um, the so, galaxy is off my girl. Yeah, I have the, the galaxy <laughs> is ours. I have the lyrics. But I want to say, first... He uses the same dance moves that he did in Supernova Girl. You know, he can't change everything. It's step, overnight. Step, step, jump, 
across the stage. You know, um, it's better choreography than I've seen a lot of the bands we've seen in concert. Also, he can't play guitar. He's holding his <laughs> right hand in one position and then just, like, not, like, strumming off rhythm. You know what? <laughs> He's a superstar. He doesn't need to play guitar. Okay, so I have the lyrics, and as you can see, they are reflective of the plot of the movie. So it starts out, hiding out, all alone, wrapped up in my fear, which is exactly what he was on Nova Linda. Mm-hmm. Only you can see right through and make it seem so clear. Xenon, I guess. I hope he's talking about the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> a fiery Nova, Nova, mm-hmm. rolling Nova, blasting into space, a blazing comet, stars upon it, your Stellarius face. <laughs> Stellarius, the word came back. Wake me up, shake me up, race me to the stars, so much to know so far to go. The, the galaxy, galaxy is ours. The galaxy is ours, my girl. The galaxy is ours. He rhymes the galaxy is ours with the galaxy is ours. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> race me to the stars. Yeah. Um, and then he goes into that for a while, and then he goes into mystical lights, magical nights, a chance to blaze new trails, open your eyes, travel the skies, the spirit major prevails. Oh. And that's about it, because there's a lot of talking during the song. Mm-hmm. So at this point, uh, Margie comes up, and Xenon's like, oh, I thought you were going to be on Earth. But we realize that Margie's staying on the spaceship, and Margie's like, do you hate me? Like, are well, you upset that I'm going to be here? Yeah, so Plank and the General will now be co-commanders of the space station. Which, yeah. one, it's it's good, because we learned the General's not an evil person. Mm-hmm. And also, like before, Plank was complaining about, like, all the pressures of running the space station. So yeah. now, they're going to be co-commanders. Well, and also, Plank, like, knows a lot about it, so he can teach yeah. the General, like, how everything works. Yeah. And so Xenon is like, no, like, it's fine. We can be friends now. And they hug, which is so good of Xenon. Xenon <laughs> literally is the best character. <laughs> I yeah. would not have done that. Yeah, Margie just, like, walks up and she's like, oh, are you angry? And Xenon's like, no, nah, let's be friends. I mean, she is at a protozoa concert, so she doesn't have a lot of time to be angry. I just want to say, okay, so it's Xena and Margie and Nebula in the front row. And, oh, my God, it's so fucking iconic. So Margie is in, like, a, like, pinkish type outfit and then Xenon is in a green like midi dress and it's like sequined like all over it's like square sequins yeah and then Nebula has got like a like sky blue like cerulean blue kind of and like the three of them together like in the front row oh it looks so good it's very nice um there's also this super awkward moment after Margie and Xenon hug (laughs) Protozoa is still singing Xenon like looks back at Orion and they just kind of like look at each other for a second and then she just turns around back to Protozoa yeah he's in and that's it he's in like a turtleneck and a leather jacket which I guess means he's cool now I don't know they have a moment but they don't kiss luckily because if that just happened at the end I'd be mad same I was about to get I couldn't remember if they did or not and I was about to get so angry because I was gonna be like they spent like two minutes together. And also, Protozoa is singing right now. Give him your respect and attention. Well, they do. Well, in the middle, the general and Plank, like, acknowledge each other. Yeah, they give, like, a little little salute. Mm -hmm. And then everyone cheers for Protozoa, and he gives the three girls in the front a hug. And the movie ends on Xenon's smiling face. Yes. Xenon is the supernova girl. (laughs) The galaxy is hers. The galaxy. Xenon. Um, Xenon ruler of the galaxy. Xenon for president of the galaxy. Xenon car. That's her last Xenon car. President car. Yes. So that's it. That Um, is Xenon the sequel. I had a quote. Is that the, I think we only went through one that I didn't. Oh, there's two quotes. I have two quotes. Okay. Okay, so the first one is whenever Xenon and Margie are backpacking through the rainforest, Margie falls face first into mud and she says, if people were intended to be outdoors, then they never would have invented have invented houses. 
And I remember, like, watching that as a kid, and I was like, yeah. I That's so true. <laughs> I kind of relate. Listen, I like being outside, but only on my own terms. I like being outside when it is a specific temperature, when I get yeah. to control how long I can be outside. Like, it's spring right now, and, like, the entire week, this week is going to be in the 60s and 70s. I'm fucking here for it, but I can also go inside whenever I want. Yeah. And, and use the bathroom. And, like, bugs don't like that. No. Sometimes being outside just, like, makes my skin itchy. I don't know what that's about. I think I, I'm literally just that. allergic to outside. So. <laughs> when it's, like, 90 degrees outside, I'm like, I would literally rather fucking be dead. Yeah. No, I will not <laughs> go outside when it's that hot. I will stay inside um, forever. My This is actually my first favorite quote. I loved this so much. This is whenever Aunt Judy is talking about how she believes in aliens. And she says, how are there not other life forms? What are we? A planet of egomaniacs? It's true. <laughs> Which... And Judy spitting the fucking truth. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. Like, we are a planet of egomaniacs. <laughs> I loved that. Did you have any? Uh, I did not. But I did I did write down the quote that Margie said about, like, if we were meant to be outdoors, <laughs> we never would have invented indoors. And especially as a kid, I related to that hardcore. Same. One of the reasons also, I did not in... like sports when I was a kid was because it was too fucking hot outside. I can't relate. <laughs> I, I don't do the heat. It's just so hot. I have thrown up from getting overheated, though. Yeah. I have this vivid memory of when I was at softball practice in second grade, I threw up pretzel goldfish. Oh, thank you for <laughs> telling everyone that. We love that story. Because I got overheated. <laughs> um, I would just like to say, anyone who would rather be too hot than too cold, you're wrong. You are wrong. You can take off your clothes. You can take off all of your clothes, and it doesn't matter. You are still hot. But you know, when you're cold, you can put on all the layers in the world, and eventually, you will warm back up. <laughs> you cannot peel off your skin. And even if you do, like, your body temperature is 98 degrees. Like, I don't, your organs will not cool off. What's your It's just, it's just so hot and uncomfortable. Uh, we feel you, Margie. The Midwestern equivalent of, it wouldn't be so cold if it weren't for the wind, is, it wouldn't be so hot if it weren't for the humidity. It's true. It gets so humid and so hot it's and true. so gross. So. Yeah. Uh, now that we're talking, done talking about that, how did you rate and rank this? Um, I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. Mm -hmm. I put this at number 10 uh, beneath Halloween Town and above Brink. So I gave this a 3.5 out of 5 as well. I put this at number 5. Johnny Tsunami is above it. The Ultimate Christmas Present is below it. So it just took, like, the Ultimate Christmas Present spot. But I did want to mention that I rated this higher than I did the original Xenon. So I like this one better than the first one. Oh, I put the first one up at... It's, like, up at the very top. Yeah, yours, Xenon, is number 2. Your yeah. first Xenon. <laughs> I pulled it up because I wanted to make sure that I was right about that, so... I enjoyed this one. It's very fun. Next week, we are back to a sports movie. We have a lot coming up. We are watching Motocross, which Elizabeth has never seen, so. I, I know, but I can probably, like, repeat the commercial verbatim. Yeah. So, get excited. And my name is Andy. <laughs> I don't remember that from the commercial, but we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.